Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, WrestleMania. Welcome in to Mackie and Judd's, actually Mackie and Declan's WrestleMania Rewind. And we are up to, Declan, we are up to the gateway oh, yes. to the Attitude Era. WrestleMania, you know, I, actually, you know what? WrestleMania 14, I can't continue until we get our entrance music. Okay. Hit the music. So good. I want this. I want it played at my wedding. If oh I can find gosh. a beloved who would let me do that, oh then, I, then I really hit the jackpot. Uh, I brought. I forgot to bring it into the studio here, but in my car, I have a dog tag that I bought on <laughs> WWE's website, WWF.com at the time. It's a Degeneration X dog tag. <laughs> I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I wore it for like three years. It says Degeneration X on the front, and on the back it says two words, suck it. Yes. <laughs> I, I almost pulled the trigger on one of the jerseys. No, the 69 suck. Yeah. Like the, I almost pulled the jersey. Like, it was like a year ago, and it was like $90 on eBay, and I'm like, man. Worth it. That, I think it's worth it. it, and I still might do it. So uh, WrestleMania 14, March 28th, 1998. Inside the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, in front of 19,000-plus fans. The Attitude Era is off to the races at this point, And this WrestleMania is the official crowning of Stone Cold Steve Austin as the face of the company. In fact, this was also, like, after this WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw officially took the ratings war back. And they never looked back. They kind of oscillated back and forth, I think, a little bit in, like, the spring of 98. But, but this is, like, this run to WrestleMania... And then Monday night after and going forward is what put WWF back on the map as the top wrestling company in the world. There's so many things to get to off of this, but uh, let's just start with your favorite part about WrestleMania 14. Uh, I think probably the Undertaker and Kane just build up. Oh, my even, God. It was like the, a seven-month buildup. Yes, it was a long time coming. And then even, like, the Michael Cole, like, Diet Dateline promo shoots and voiceovers, like, it felt like kind of a Diet Dateline scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think just The Undertaker coming out with the goons, or, or um, the Druins, excuse me, the Druins. And Is just it Druins his, and, or Druids? 
I think it's God. Druids. Is it Druids? Okay. Yeah. But just his his entrance for that is so spooky, and they set it up so well. And then it's him and Kane just going toe-to-toe, and it, it was probably without a doubt. I mean, I don't have much least favorite parts, but I, I think that was without a doubt my favorite part was just that match and the whole build-up to it. So let's yeah let's let's do a deep dive into this, and we'll like we'll get to the deep dive into Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and stuff. But the best part about this match specifically is that Pete Rose came out. To, oh yeah, and he's going to be the ring announcer or whatever, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Pete Rose just decides to turn heel. Well, he's already a heel, but yeah. The last time I was here, we kicked your ass. What? You can't win a World Series. My buddy Bucky Dent says hello. <laughs> you know, I left tickets for Bill Butner, could he, but he couldn't bend over to pick them up. <laughs> what do they call it? The curse of the Bambino. Right here. The city of losers. Easy. Games you know. That hasn't aged well because no. Boston is no longer the city of losers. But uh, but then Kane comes out and gives Pete Rose a tombstone pile driver. And Pete Rose, by the way, not only did he make $25,000 for his appearance, according to our buddy Michael McGivern, and we'll get to his facts in a little bit, he sold that tombstone oh, yeah. like a pro, man. He laid there unconscious. I think he's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame because of this moment. He's also been tombstoned, I think, on a couple other occasions <laughs> by Kane. He came out one time as like the Philadelphia fanatic, and Kane tombstoned him or something like that. And sure. then he took the mask off, and it was Pete Rose. My God, it's so Pete Rose. It was a recurring thing. I think he has taken three tombstone pile drivers in his career from Kane. <laughs> I love how Pete Rose can get in the WWE Hall of Fame, but like Sid Justice is yeah. on the outside nope. looking. Can't Ra- do Macho it. Man Savage. Um, so this buildup you mentioned, this is the promo that, uh, that oh, they were epic. The resurrection of a damned soul. The torment of a troubled past. Born of the same blood. Two brothers. Now the story must be told. Undertaker burnt the funeral home to the ground. So good, dude. Goosebumps. So this was an amazing seven-month buildup from when Paul Bear started cutting promos, teasing Kane in the early fall, like late summer, early fall of 1997. And then Kane debuts at the end of the first Hell in a Cell match in like September at uh, Bad Blood pay-per-view. Yep. And so then Undertaker refuses to ever fight his own brother Kane. And that cat and mouse game kind of plays out through the rest of the winter. And then they sort of tease an Undertaker Kane union, right? Where they fend off other bad guys, and then they do the "Oh, what a moment!" Yeah. Jim Ross thing, where Undertaker <laughs> yeah. gets on a knee. And I remember almost crying as a <laughs> junior high kid watching that, like tears of joy, spine tingling, like yeah. "Oh my god, it's so amazing!" Good, dude. And then the the geniusness of from the Royal Rumble. So Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker for the title at Royal Rumble. And that's also when Shawn Michaels took, he already had a bad back, took a bump off the casket and basically oh. herniated two discs in his yep. back. And so at the end of the Royal Rumble, Kane comes down and puts Undertaker in the casket and we- and wheels it back and sets it on fire. Yeah. And so Royal Rumble ends with Undertaker being set on fire inside of a casket and that feud is just off the races. And so it took seven months of buildup. For Undertaker to agree to fight Kane. You never see buildups that are any more than like six weeks in today's wrestling. For sure. Because people don't have the attention spans. 
So to just to brilliantly slow cook mm. that entire feud for seven months before those two guys get in a ring against each other. And then, of course, the follow-up match after WrestleMania. So Undertaker beats Kane at this WrestleMania. Um, and it, it was a pretty good match. Like it, was, it wasn't like the best match of Undertaker. So it was a pretty good match. But the month after this, at the next pay-per-view, I think it was at Unforgiven or something, or Judgment Day, one of the two, uh, that's the Inferno match, the yeah. first ever Inferno match where they lit the outside of the ring on fire all the way around, and the loser was the one that got set on fire, and Kane lost that match too. But, uh, yeah, the whole thing was amazing. So. I, I would say, yeah, I mean, it, the match itself is probably not like Undertaker's number one or even two, but I think in terms of the buildup, the promo, everything that went into it, I think it's, it is the best Undertaker-WrestleMania storyline going yeah. into it. I think it is, just because... You saw this other Undertaker as a half brother, what? And then when he sees him, he's white as a ghost in that hell in a cell, mm-hmm. and then he tombstones him and mm-hmm. costs him the championship essentially. And yeah, I, I would say just the build up to it was phenomenal. And then even when Undertaker wins on like basically a kind of an awkward count out too by like Kane pretty much kicked out. Yeah, it was and weird. It was a little weird. And then and then Kane just kicks the crap out of him again too. Also, Paul Bear. Poor little Paul Bear trying to stomp on Undertaker, just like that was oh. funny to watch. It, 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 it was more comical. It was like, let's get Paul Bear to to do some cheap shots on the Undertaker. Yeah. It was just hilarious. Yeah, and I think if you're to rank like all time Undertaker WrestleMania storylines, I agree. This is number one. Some people might argue, well, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker stuff from like ten years later in like two thousand what eight nine somewhere yeah. in there. That was also really good stuff. Oh yeah, and the and the Undertaker Triple H stuff was really good too. But this is just. The seven-month buildup and everything was great. So, all right, my favorite part of WrestleMania 14 was Shawn Michaels grinding out a back mm-hmm. injury and somehow getting out there. I mean, the match was not great because Shawn Michaels could barely bend over to do anything. Like, his back, he had two herniated discs, and it got worse throughout the match. Um, let's do a deep dive into this match. Oh, yeah. Because this is one of the most important matches in wrestling history. It's, like, not the match itself. The match itself was kind of a dud. Yep. And Shawn Michaels feels bad about it. Stone Cold feels bad about it. It, it was more. It was more the symbolization of the match and everything leading up to, like, from the Montreal screw job a few months earlier to to Shawn Michaels starting Degeneration X with Triple H and and Mike Tyson joining in as this massive, still like at the peak of his popularity, right. uh, sports villain. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold Steve Austin was on a two year slow cook to overtake the top spot in the company, and it all culminated at this WrestleMania. And I will say, too, Dex, the atmosphere for this match was electric. Oh, like yeah. It was big fight feel legitimate, even showing Stone Cold walking oh, through the tunnel. Dude, I have goosebumps right I now. I do, too, dude. It's, it's <laughs> I straight up do. When he's walking up, walking through, then that Stone Cold strut, and everyone's just going nuts. Yes, and so this is this is how it played out. And then, by the way, good luck not getting goosebumps for the, yeah. the JR call here, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, seductive. Three 
Stone Cold. Like, that is iconic. Yes. Stone Cold. Cold. Stone Cold. And at the beginning of the match, like, JR is A-game JR here. This is peak JR. At the beginning of the match, I don't know if you noticed this, so the, the atmosphere is electric. Fans are going nuts. It's just like rabid new wrestling fans. I was one. I wasn't there, but I was one of them. Like I had, I had been out for like four years. I'm back yep. in this. And at the beginning, right as he's sort of setting up the match, Jr. says, "As Stone Cold, uh, I'm sorry, as as uh, Shawn Michaels is about to enter the the arena, Jr. takes a shot at both Hogan and Bret Hart. At I think, anyways." By calling Shawn Michaels the greatest champion of all time, folks. So Michaels is doing his cocky thing, yep. about to walk out, also knowing that like he has a debilitating back injury, so he's trying to get pumped up. He's on painkillers. And JR drops the line, folks, as they're looking at Michaels before he enters the curtain, folks, this is the greatest champion of all time. And I think that was a direct shot of the two guys who left for WCW. Just a thought. But Interesting. I thought no, I like that. It was amazing, and this was Stone Cold's first ever WWF title win. So, what else did you observe from this match? Uh, well, right before you get, right before Michaels takes the takes the walk out, he says to the and I don't know if it was in McGivern's notes, but he says, "This one's for you, Earl." Do you notice like he says that like he's yep. chewing his gum? Do you know what he's talking about? Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner. Right. He had, a, he, he had a brain aneurysm. That's right. And was not able to ref the uh, the that's main right. event match. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think the even though the match itself was is very clunky because you have two guys. And well, one guy in Michaels who's yeah back was being held up by spit and luck and painkillers, and Stone Cold who was still also rehabbing from his neck broke, injury broke his neck like broke his yes seven months neck yeah. seven months ago. So it was it, it, the the match itself is is clunky, but just the vibes of it. You see, yeah, the 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 emotion you feel when Stone Cold's walking out, you can hear Boston going crazy. Then even Michaels, China, and Triple H, and Triple H flicking off the camera right yes. as he turns the corner, them jamming out to the DX band like. It is it is goosebumpy. It is super goosebumpy. And even like I said, yeah, the match, eh, not so great, but but the build up and the electricity, you could feel it, and it made up for the clunkiness of the match. Yes. And this this wound up being Shawn Michaels' last match in WWF for over four years because right. of all the back problems and painkiller addiction and other personal issues. He he did he was the commissioner for like a year during that stretch. Did some and commentary he, too or something. Yeah, yeah. But he but he did not wrestle. Um and I just I can't say enough about how much of a freaking grinder pro that guy is to go mm-hmm. out and not only to to wrestle, but to like take the bumps that he was taking. Mm-hmm. So every time Stone Cold would gear up for something, like you knew Shawn Michaels was probably gritting his teeth. And you think about and the first time I watched the match, I didn't realize the extent of his back injury. So I'm watching it live as a kid. Like I didn't I just thought it was yeah. kind of a dud match. But then you go back and watch knowing how bad his back was, and there like you can you notice it throughout the whole thing. Yeah. He's gritting his teeth. He's dropping F-bombs. Like, he's frustrated. He's rolling out of the ring at times so he can stand up. Like, he's rolling out because he can't get up on his own. He's rolling out of the ring to physically stand up. So he's just, like, putting his feet on the ground. And then he climbs the steps and gets into the ring. It's like, what? Yeah, you can tell that that back was just killing him. And so he just kept going back to the same moves, like stomping Stone Cold and going for the knee and stuff. Um, but I think even he, he dropped an elbow. He definitely dropped one yes. of his patented elbow. And I think even the missile drop kick, which is something he oh. used to do back in the day. I mean, I got to imagine yeah. that hurts like hell with two herniated discs in your back. And then the whole Mike Tyson angle. So the the build up, they introduced Mike Tyson back at, right after the Royal Rumble. I think it was the night after the Royal Rumble as the special guest enforcer. And and Stone Cold comes out and basically tells Mike Tyson like you're in my world. Flips him the double birds. Tyson shoves him. And they're off to the races. It's on Sports Center and all over the national news the next day. Because Tyson was only like a few months removed from biting Evander Holyfield's ear off. Right. 
he was suspended from doing anything else in the boxing world, and so he like this was kind of his opportunity to stay relevant and, mm-hmm. and make pay per view money. Um, and Tyson's a terrible actor, by the way. Oh, like, awful! Just like they had to just sort of keep him in the corner and stuff. Um, but he comes in, he counts the three, then they do the, 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 he, he does the stone cold shirt thing. And I just, all of it, like from the Mike Tyson integration to Shawn Michaels grinding out the back injury, but degeneration X being off to the races. Um, it is, I, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that it is the most pivotal match maybe in wrestling history. Like it just, everything pivoted in the wrestling world. And it's the most watched time in wrestling history, mm-hmm. all of that, in that moment. I mean, yeah, so. six, you had like six to seven million people every day, or every Monday, excuse me, watching the Monday Night Wars. Uh, I mean, I, I was more, as a kid, I was more WCW at the time, but this was when I started, when I flipped over too, is when I started going in, all in on WWF. This was right around that time, because I loved WCW, I loved Sting, um, I was all in on that. Uh, but this was around that time too. DX. I mean, I'm as a seven year old, me doing the suck it sign with my brother at twelve. I'm sure my mom <laughs> and dad loved that. But but yeah, this was the time where I started getting the WWF. And even in that main event, when Shawn Michaels t- also sells the the right hook by Tyson. Yes. And like I'm sure you know they worked it out. But I'm sure Mike Tyson's light punch, fake punch, still hurts a hell of a lot more than a than a normal person's strongest. Punch. I think Sean was searching for missing teeth there with his tongue. They showed a close up, and he definitely like did a lap through his mouth with yeah, his like, tongue to feel like, all right, did I lose a tooth? Did I get punched uh, my teeth in the back of my throat? <laughs> I grew up a WWF fan. I dabbled a little in WCW from time to time, but I was even through like the dead period when I would check in on wrestling. It was always with WWF. So I think. I think, like, because you did sort of pick sides in that era, I think there was a pride, too. If you were a WWF fan and you saw WCW winning in the ratings, like, there was a pride as a fan, too, in that moment of, like, yes, you felt like WWF was retaking mm-hmm. the momentum. And I think it's worth also diving in. Well, first, I want to play the end of this match real quick again because it's just amazing and yeah. it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> and then we have to dive into what happened the next night on Monday Night Raw. That that call is just like on your Mount Rushmore of like Attitude Era WWF moments, like the Austin Era and Stone Cold has begun. I'm sure DX's music's probably in there. The Rock just being the like that moment is one of the most pivotal. Yeah, it's it's insane. I have have goosebumps. So then, me too. So the next (laughs) night on Raw, it's it's it, it starts off. It's all about Stone Cold, and of course they start Monday Night Raw the next night, and Vince McMahon is out there asking Stone Cold. Hey, now that you're champion, we can form a great partnership here. You know, you I, you know, you can take my corporate brain power and your physicality, and we can turn you into the the biggest champion of all time. And Stone Cold's like, I ain't doing it your way. Yeah. And uh, and Vince McMahon eventually gets to the well. We can either do things the easy way or the hard way. And Stone Cold chooses the hard way. <laughs> stuns Vince McMahon, and now we're even more off to the races with the Mister McMahon villain character. Versus Stone Cold, that that angle basically lasted like two years. Yeah, it just, like they just it started kind of in the late nineteen ninety seven period, and it literally ran all throughout ninety eight. 
99, and then Stone Cold eventually, like in 01, joined McMahon or yeah, something. the corporation. Yeah. Um, so that was the first part of the night. <laughs> but then the second part of the night was, what happens to Degeneration X? Because Shawn Michaels was going to go on hiatus. And I don't know if anyone knew at the time that he was going to maybe have to retire or like what the extent was, but he basically retired from wrestling. Yeah. And uh, so Triple H is left without Shawn Michaels, and they have to figure out, is Degeneration X going to continue? Is Triple H ready to lead it? Because he's not quite a championship-level guy. And all those questions were answered. Degeneration X welcomes in the New Age Outlaws at the very end when they put Chainsaw Charlie slash Terry Funk and Mick Foley up on the cage and hang them up and beat the crap out of them. Yeah. But before that happens... We get the return of the one, two, three kid, X Pac, but here's the Triple H part of the problem. And when you start an army, when you set out to do what no one else can do, the first thing you do is you look to your blood. You look to your buddies. You look to your friends. You look to the click. And then they hadn't called him X Pac yet, but he, yeah. he, he, he used to be one, two, three kid, and then they and, rebranded and, to X Pac. And, and the click was a, that was. That's Triple Paul. H. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And also 123Kid yeah. was part of the click, too. Right. A couple years earlier. And um, they gave X-Pac a live microphone on Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. And <laughs> this is what he said. Albany, New York! They somehow make a lot of noise! <laughs> first things first, I got a little something, something I got to get off my chest right now. I heard Hulk Hogan come out on television saying I couldn't cut the mustard. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. <laughs> and Hulk, I got, I got some more advice for you. You better not stop short or Eric Bischoff will go so far up your ass, he'll know what you had for breakfast. Well, he's telling the truth so far. There's more, but let me just pause and say this is the perfect time for WWF to really like full frontally clap back at WCW. Right. I don't think this works six months prior because WCW was winning in the ratings war. Mm-hmm. WCW had all the momentum and WWF was sort of like they were sort of getting their stuff together for a run. Mm-hmm. But to come off that WrestleMania, you can feel the crowd is starting to shift toward WWF. Stone Cold is now leading the company. Degeneration X is a big thing. The Rock is becoming a big thing. And you can just feel like now's the time to take shots at WCW because there's really nothing they can do in return at this point. And X Pac continues. And I got something else to say. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would be standing right here with us if they weren't being held hostage by World Championship Wrestling. And that's a fact, Eric Bischoff. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) So the way I see it right now, this is a new beginning for D-Generation X. And we're here to rip ass on the World Wrestling Federation. And it starts tonight. Oh, yeah. By the way, I got two words for you. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, put yourself in the boots or the shoes of Triple H for a second there. You're watching X Pac cut that promo, and you know, like, everything that happened the night before. I know storyline, like, Shawn Michaels lost, but, like, you know that the company is ready to just pop. And he cuts that promo, and the crowd eats it up, and the music hits, like, 
How great would you feel as a performer in that <laughs> yeah, moment? Dude. Just inject it all into yes. my veins. Yes, absolutely. It's like the seventh time I have goosebumps in this in this WrestleMania <laughs> rewind. It, it is pretty epic, and that's why I said last week, like we have to go back and watch this because it was, it is. I think one. I mean, Raw's after manias are typically really, really good, but I think this is probably also at the top of of terms of what happened the next night after WrestleMania. Yes. Also, the vignette debut of Val Venus was part that's of the right. Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania that year. So my only other question off of this Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin angle and, and storyline, you know, we, we did when Michaels came back in 2002, we did get the Michaels Triple H feud and they fought three different amazing matches, including a street fight at SummerSlam and in the mm-hmm. three stages of hell match or something like they fought. In all these matches. Chambers, yep. Yep. And they carried that feud out and it was great. And we saw Michaels versus Taker and Michaels versus. Uh, like Chris Jericho and stuff. And so we definitely, and Michaels versus Angle, we got a lot of great Shawn Michaels stuff from 2002 going forward. And he was still only like in his mid-30s. So we like we didn't, it wasn't like he came back and he was 50, right? But think about what we missed out on. Shawn Michaels was the best wrestler in the world and the best promo cutter in the world and just like the best everything in the world yes. in 1998. He just was. He was also very troubled and mm-hmm. had major issues personally and stuff. But think about what we missed out on from 98 through 2002. I get that like his absence allowed Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H to to rise above. But imagine if you would have put like like we never really got Michaels versus The Rock cutting promos against each other, oh. right? We never really got like Hulk Hogan coming back which may have happened a little earlier, who knows. Mm-hmm. Like like think about all the the, the possibilities of 1998 through 2002 if Shawn Michaels was still Part of the WWE, we would have gotten that Triple H Michaels feud in more of a natural progression. Yeah, so he, he's he's my all time favorite. I mean, it would be it's not it's not the same because I think th- there weren't as many good guys. But like, imagine if John Cena in 06 stepped away for four years. Like, imagine if or he had an injury and not just stepped away, had an injury for four years, mm-hmm. and from 2006 from 2010 just wasn't involved in the company. Yeah, you know, like they they, they would have they would have been in a lot more trouble. I think I would actually make the argument they would have been more trouble then than they were in '98 because at least in '98 everything was working really well for them. They had other characters that were still solid, but I know it. it you basically took away. Four years of Sean's prime. I mean, he was 31, I believe, at WrestleMania yeah, 14. So, crazy. So from 31 to 35, I mean, he still had plenty of, and we've seen wrestlers wrestle to their 60s, but Shawn Michaels comes back at then at 36, 37, and still an unbelievable performer. But yeah. you can, t- but he had to change up his entire style. It was completely different, but he could still he could still wrestle and still cut a promo. Yeah. So some other things here, just uh, throughout the rest of this WrestleMania, The Rock versus Ken Shamrock for the Intercontinental Title. Shamrock could really work, man. Like I that love guy, Shamrock. that guy could wrestle. Yeah, and he's kind of a psycho. And uh, and the, and the, the the match had an interesting twist at the end where Shamrock goes over, he gets The Rock to tap out, and they keep the belt on The Rock, which is kind of a genius move to just like keep The Rock as the leader of the Nation of Domination. Yeah, they put Shamrock over. But they keep the belt on the rock because Shamrock wouldn't let the ankle lock submission hold go, and he's got the psycho look in his eyes. I love it. Also, I believe it was early on at the beginning portion of this WrestleMania where the rock gave the if you smell what I'm cooking line in an interview. Yes. I think he I think that's when he first drops. He doesn't he doesn't do it in like maybe the rock tone, but I think yeah. he drops if it. If you casually. smell what I'm cooking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he says it casually. He dropped the people's elbow in this match before it was called the people's elbow. So that was good. We had Triple H, Owen Hart with Sergeant Slaughter handcuffed to China, which was fine. It was a good angle. LOD 2000 against the Midnight Express. Um, Bob Holly is probably the most interesting one here because he became yeah. hardcore Holly later on. That's right. But I want to I just real quick, because we only have a few minutes here uh, left, 
New Age Outlaws versus Chainsaw Charlie and Mankind in a dumpster match. This was a fallout from one of the great angles in Monday Night Raw history a few weeks earlier. It was like seven or eight weeks earlier. Where and I remember like I was kind of I kind of got back into watching Raw on a weekly basis in the later part of 1997 yeah. as the Montreal Screwjob was happening. And then I was fully hooked like weekly in early 98. And I just remember one of the Monday nights, the New Age Outlaw stuffed Mankind and Terry Funk in one of those big dumpsters yep. and pushed it off the stage. And it fell like eight or ten feet oh, or yeah. whatever to the bottom. And the way that they went about that angle, they stopped the entire show, brought ambulances in, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler treated it like they like like they later on a year later treated Owen Hart's death were like folks uh something serious has happened here <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they they sold the hell out of it it was amazing and it led to this great blow off match at WrestleMania um actually the, the blow off really happened like the next night when the new age outlaws uh got their actual uh, come up and so mm-hmm. over chain such all of mankind so um fun facts from listener mike i'm just going to read from this in 1998 WCW was still riding high in the business war with WWF, but several seismic events were transpiring that would change the wrestling world forever. The first was the infamous Montreal screw job, which would see the end of Bret Hart's tenure in the WWF. A free agent, Bret Hart was double crossed over by Vince McMahon, had the WWF championship on Shawn Michaels. Um, Austin was popular at this time. The Monday Night Ratings War was so intense that a combined six to seven million people were tuning in each week, typing the cable ratings. It was certainly a different time in the media world, but to put into context how many people were watching every week during this time, Fox right now, Network Fox, pays WWE $200 million a year in a rights fee to get 2 million viewers every Friday night on a good night. Right. And so for these two... In in cable TV, 22 years ago, not network TV, so cable TV, we're getting three times that audience. That was the peak of wrestling, and I don't know if it'll ever be topped, really. Like so. Certainly not in terms of cable TV. Um, and so what originally happened with the Mike Tyson angle was, hey, Tyson's on the bench. He's suspended, and, uh, and, and Tyson wasn't allowed to make pay-per-view money as a boxer. And so WWE picked him up, gave him a multimillion-dollar payday, and figured out his role after the fact, after they signed him. So um, that's that's like that's the big lead up to all of this. The other thing here worth noting here, uh, Michael writes, another seismic shift was Hogan's contract with WCW expired in mid February. He made a political power play with Eric Bischoff and WCW to make it seem like he was negotiating with McMahon and WWF, even though he wasn't, to get a better deal. So in the end, Hulk Hogan resigns for more money with WCW which ticked off Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, who were already mad that Bret Hart was making a lot more money than they were, and now Hogan was too. And they became nightmares to deal with backstage because of this. And to send a message, Eric Bischoff fired their friend, Sean X-Pac Waltman, via FedEx. Via FedEx. While Waltman was rehabbing a neck injury. (laughs) And so McMahon swoops him up for $300,000 a year, and Degeneration X was off to the races. So after the... uh, uh, backstage at WrestleMania were also Big Show, Edge, and Val Venus, who were new to the company at that time. That's awesome. So, um, all right, this is this is for me. It's the best WrestleMania to this point. What's definitive yeah. WrestleMania? Well, actually, match that stole the show for you. Match that stole it, the it, show. Take Taker and Kane. Taker and Kane stole the show for me. 
I, I, I think it was the dumpster think. match for me. I thought yeah. the dumpster match was kind of fun. I also I thought um, the whole Meryl Sable versus Luna and Goldust thing was pretty good too. Sable yeah. getting up that power bomb two times like that was also pretty flipping. Yeah, flipping Sable cool. in her wrestling debut was great. Yeah, she was really good. She could move around in the ring for sure. Yes. Definitive WrestleMania rankings. We have WrestleMania 10, 13, and 6 as our top three in order. Honestly, dude, like this is number one. Like, yeah. This is the number one WrestleMania of all time I, to this I point. I agree. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's one. I think it's one or, yeah, it's probably one. I, well, I, let's I, listen one more time. Austin ducked it. Austin going for the stunner. And Michael's counter. Michael's going for another kick. Austin, he got it. Love it. Inject it into my veins. All of it. Next week, I, the train doesn't slow down, man. I know. This is great. Like, WrestleMania 15 is ridiculous, too. And we get, I believe this was the first Rock Stone Cold. That sounds event. correct. The first of three. Yeah. And I think, I think is this take is Taker absent for this mania? I don't I think remember. he might be. I think he might be absent for this one when he comes yeah. back okay. as, as ABA around Judgment. Yes, I think he is absent because he comes back at Judgment Day as the ABA. So I think this is a takerless WrestleMania. But well, we'll find out. We will. We will. Next week. Uh, that's Declan. I'm Phil. We're a couple of wrestling nerds. And this is our tour through WrestleManias all the way until probably like WrestleMania 27 or 28. And then we'll pivot to like other prominent pay-per-views. WrestleMania Rewind on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. Thanks for hanging out with us. And now, WrestleMania.